This week, Marty and I went to see a movie. We finally got a day off at the same time, uh, and we went to see a movie. The name of the movie was called I Heard the Bells. If you have not heard of this movie, uh, it is put out by Sight and Sound Theaters, which many of you, if you go to Branson, you know who I'm talking about. Uh, It is the true story uh, behind Henry Wadsworth Longfellow and how he wrote that song. And I just want to tell you, if you have some time this week, because I don't know how much longer it's going to be in theaters, you need to go see that movie. It is an incredible, faith-filled movie uh, that will give you an unreal perspective about that song that you sing and where it came from, the heart of the man who wrote it uh, as God was working and moving in his life through some very difficult uh, circumstances. And so as we sang that song this morning, You know, I looked at Marty and I was like, wow, um, did God put that on our hearts or what? Uh, He did. Uh, I love the Christmas songs and I love the Christmas decorations. Most of all, you know, I love the Christmas lights. And we are talking about His wonderful light, the light of God given to us uh, in our creation at the very beginning. In Genesis chapter 1, God said, let there be light and it was good. And then we looked at the prophecy in Isaiah last week. And if you'll remember, God made a promise to his people. He said, a great light is coming. A light is dawning. And then he said, that light will be Jesus Christ. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. How many times did we sing those words this morning? The light of God, the Prince of Peace. That's who Jesus Christ is. And so today we're going to dig in And we're going to look at this light, Jesus Christ, and how He is the light of the world. I want to start off with a a funny little story. There were two little boys that were spending the night with their grandparents uh, during the week of Christmas. And at bedtime, uh, the two little boys knelt, knelt down by their beds to pray. The younger boy began to pray at the top of his lungs, I pray for a new bicycle. I pray for a new video game. And he was very loud as he prayed. And his little brother leaned over and said to his brother, I don't know why you're shouting. God isn't deaf. He can hear you. But the little brother replied, no, but my grandma is. I I can tell you this. Um, God is with us. Amen? Amen. He is Emmanuel, God with us. And I can also tell you this, uh, that older brother is right. God is not deaf. God knows who we are. He knows where we are. He knows what is going on uh, in this world. He knows about the darkness. We talked a little bit about this last week and how when you see dark or darkness in the Bible, it almost always refers to evil or the consequences of evil and sin. Darkness has separated us from God. Our sin has separated us from God. And we looked looked at this last week. Darkness only brings gloom and despair and distress. And I'm going to tell you, without God, this place would be completely dark. But God. Amen? But God. God did something about the darkness. He spoke into the darkness. He spoke light into the darkness, and His light dispels and disperses the darkness. As a matter of fact, 
The Bible says that God's light gives us joy and victory. We looked at that in the scripture last week in Isaiah chapter 9. Isaiah also tells us in chapter 59 that the arm of our God is not too short to save us, nor is his ear too dull to hear. So just like that little brother who was speaking loud, and the older brother said, I don't know why you're shouting, God hears us. I want to remind you today that no matter how dark it may seem, and no matter how dark it might get, the light of God is a breath away. It is a prayer away. God wants you to have light, and He has spoken light into our world. And not only has He spoken light into our world, He has given light to this world, and His name is Jesus. Jesus is the wonderful light of God. That's one of the most important truths that I preached last week. Jesus is the light of God. He is God in flesh. He is Emmanuel, God with us. And today, I want to share with you another important truth that we see in Scripture. And this time, I'm not going to dig into the Old Testament prophecy. I'm going to dig into a New Testament gospel to tell you that Jesus is the light of the world. I didn't say Jesus was a light. I said he is the light. There is no light other than God. God is light. That's what John tells us in his letters. And he tells us in his gospel that Jesus Christ is the light. Jesus himself has proclaimed that he is the light. As a matter of fact, I want you to see it in John chapter 8, verse 12. I want you to look at this passage first, and then we're going to go back into Matthew. But in John chapter 8, listen to what Jesus said. It's so important, because I believe this is a part of the Christmas story as well. Jesus said in John chapter 8, verse 12, when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. There's one of those I am statements. God told Moses way, way before this, I am. It's who God is. And now Jesus, God in flesh, is saying again, I am. But he adds to it, I am the light of the world. And look at what he promises. Look at what he says. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. That is a promise of Jesus Christ, that when you believe in Him, when you follow Him, when you embrace Him as your Lord and Savior, you have the light of the world, the light of life inside of you, which means darkness will never, ever overcome you. It's not because of who you are, it's because of who He is in you. Jesus Christ is the light of the world. In John chapter 9, we read of a blind man who is healed by Jesus. Jesus not only gave the blind man sight, but he gave him a saving faith. It changed him. Not just his eyes, but his heart. It changed him from the inside out. Because this blind man, after receiving this saving faith from God, he demonstrated, he demonstrated, he shined the light of Jesus Because the Pharisees and the religious leaders wanted to know what happened to him. And what he told them, they began making false accusations. No, it wasn't Jesus. No, it wasn't God. But he said, how could you say that? 
How could you say that? The Bible says that the man gave glory to God because it was Jesus, in fact, who healed him and saved him. Jesus was the light of the world who came to save that blind man. And I'm going to tell you something. What Jesus did for that blind man in John chapter 9, he's still doing today. He's still giving sight to the blind. And he's still changing hearts. Saving people. He is the light of the world. As a matter of fact, Jesus was the only one who could come and do what he did. Jesus came to do what only he could do. Save us. He saves us. So now that we know that Jesus is the light of the world, and that Jesus came to save us from our sin, let's look at how the light of the world actually came to us in the Bible. Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1. We're going to look at a a very familiar passage of Scripture, but we're going to look at it in light of John chapter 8, verse 12, where Jesus said, I am the light of the world, and whoever follows me will have the light of life in them. So let's look at this. Matthew chapter 1, how did Jesus come to us? Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 says, This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. Because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. Why? Because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife, but he did not consummate the marriage until she gave birth to a son and he gave him the name Jesus. What an awesome passage of Scripture. How did Jesus come to us? I want to share with you two truths that answer that question. How did Jesus come to us? Number one, Jesus came by way of the virgin birth. Jesus came to us by way of the virgin birth. The Bible tells us that Joseph and Mary were pledged to each other. Now, if you do some digging and you do some investigating and you look at that word pledged and you look at the old Hebrew language and you look at the Greek language, what you will find is that word pledged means engaged. But it's a little different than the word engaged in our English language. You see, in the Hebrew language and in the Greek language and in their day, to be pledged or to be engaged was a legally binding contract. It is the exact same as our method today when we sign the marriage license. I've done that many times at weddings I've performed. And so this was so important. Right? It's so important. That is why when Joseph found out the news that Mary was pregnant, he thought about divorcing her. 
You know, we, we only use the word divorce when we talk about marriage. Here we see the word divorce, and it was with the word pledged or with the word engaged. And so we could have some, some misunderstanding. What I want you to know is, from a legal standpoint, it was the same as being married. The only difference was they had not yet moved in together and consummated the marriage. They had not yet become one flesh. And so Joseph finds out that Mary is pregnant. That meant one thing for him. What do you think that meant for him? Adultery. That's exactly what you, what you would think. That's what he would think. Adultery is what came to his mind. And then, if you don't know this, I want you to know this. In Joseph's day, adultery was punishable by, with death by stoning public and brutal. But the Bible tells us something very important about Joseph that you may miss if you read too fast. The Bible says Joseph was faithful to the law. Some versions say that he was a just man. Other versions say that he was righteous. What that means is that Joseph was completely surrendered to God. He knew who he was, he knew whose he was, and he knew what he was supposed to do with his life. He was supposed to honor and glorify God. Many theologians agree this is why Joseph showed a righteous compassion and wanted to divorce her quietly, sparing Mary from public humiliation and death by stoning. As Christ followers... The virgin birth is so essential. I, I don't understand it. Does anybody here understand it? Do you completely understand how Mary, who was a virgin, pledged to be married, engaged to be married, how she could be pregnant without being with another man? I, I don't understand it, but I'm going to tell you something. I believe it. I believe it because God said it. The virgin birth is essential. It is a bedrock foundation of your faith and my faith. I'm going to tell you, if you can't believe in the virgin birth, then what can you believe in? Don't say, oh, I believe Jesus Christ is the Messiah, if you don't believe the virgin birth, because it is essential. God says it. It's not something to be debated or talked about. It is something to be embraced and accepted. Jesus came to us, by way of the virgin birth, that was the plan of God, prophesied more than once, more than one prophet. I don't know about you, but I believe it. Do you? That's how Jesus came to us. He came to us by way of the virgin birth. Not only that, secondly, Jesus came to us by way of the Holy Spirit. By way of the Holy Spirit. As Joseph was contemplating a quiet divorce the messenger of God came to him. The Bible says an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. And here's what the angel said. You heard it. The angel said, what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you what this was. This was a supernatural pregnancy. That's why I can't understand it completely. That's why I can't comprehend it. Because it's not something that I have ever seen or experienced, right? But I believe what God's Word says. 
The Bible says this was a supernatural pregnancy, a miracle from God, and that Joseph, who is the son of David, was given the responsibility of naming this child. Prophecy after prophecy was being fulfilled. You see, as the adopted father of Jesus Christ, Joseph would give him the name and fulfill the prophecy that Jesus would now legally be placed in the lineage of David. Think about that. Joseph would become his adopted father. Do you you understand what it meant to be adopted during this time? Did you know that during this time, an adopted child from a legal standpoint actually had more rights than a natural birth child? Let that sink in for just a minute. Joseph would become the adopted father. He was not the physical father of Jesus Christ. Why? Because Jesus Christ came to us through the virgin birth, and he came to us through the Holy Spirit. But Joseph would become his father on earth, his adopted father. Joseph would give him the name Jesus. Why that name? Well, again, if you do some research, the name Jesus, the way we pronounce Jesus, it was actually a form of the word Yeshua. Some people pronounce it Joshua. It sounds like Joshua, right? All of those names derive from the same word that means Yahweh, and the word Yahweh means the Lord saves. The Lord saves. So Jesus came to do what only he could do. The light of the world is also the light of life. Jesus came to save us because no one else could. The scripture doesn't show us or tell us about Joseph's questioning. Notice that the angel tells Joseph what's going on, why it's going on, and what to do. Notice that Joseph was immediately immediately obedient to God. It doesn't show us or tell us that Joseph questioned God or, well, you're going to have to give me a little more time to pray about that. How many times do we use that? Huh? When we clearly hear the Word of God and you go, well, God, let me pray about that. God, are you sure? Notice that in this passage of Scripture, we don't see that at all. What we see is this. It says, when Joseph woke up, which means immediately after the angel shared with him what God was doing and why God was doing it and what he was supposed to do in God's purpose and plan. The Bible says when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. To me, this is another bedrock foundational truth upon which we stand as Christ followers. The Holy Spirit came upon the Virgin Mary. This was a supernatural miracle event. Again, do I completely understand it? Can I, can I comprehend it with this little brain that is inside my head? I can't, but I can tell you this. My whole heart accepts it. My whole heart accepts it. I believe what God says. The light of the world came to us by way of the virgin birth. The light of the world came to us by way of the Holy Spirit. God says it, I believe it. Why? Why did the light of the world come to us? Not just how, but why? His name says it all. 
the Lord saves. The light of the world came to save you and me from our sins. He came to do what only He could do. It's not what the law could do. It's not what the prophecy could do. It's not what the church could do. It's not what this person or that person or this thing or that thing could do. Jesus came to do what only He could do. And that is be the Lamb, the perfect Lamb of God. Die on the cross to pay for the sins of man. That's Jesus. Something else we see in this passage, and and I won't take as long, but I, I just want to make sure we understand this. Jesus was fully human. Do you see that? Jesus was fully human. He he was physically the son of Mary. Yes, he was the adopted son of Joseph, but he was physically the son of Mary. He was Emmanuel, God with us, who put on flesh. This is so important that we understand the humanity of Jesus, the full humanity of Jesus, because that means he can identify with us. Jesus knows what it means to feel sorrow. Jesus knows what it means to suffer. He knows what it means to be tempted. Jesus was tempted when he went into the wilderness. What did the devil do? He tried three times, three times to get Jesus to do what you and I do daily, sin. But Jesus never sinned. Oh, he can identify with us in every way. But make no mistake about it, he was the perfect Lamb of God. He was the light of the world, the light of life come to save. He was fully human, fully human. Not only that, Jesus was fully divine. That's why I said it's so important that we embrace and understand not just the virgin birth, but the Holy Spirit. Jesus was fully divine. Even though as man, he possessed the full range of human character, he was also the Son of God and possessed the full range of divine character. He's the only one, the only one who could do what he did. Live a perfect life. Take on the weight and the sin of the world and nail it to a cross. Shed His blood, His perfect blood, so that you and I might be covered and be right with God. Jesus can fully identify with you and fully identify with me, but He fully identifies with God because He is in fact Emmanuel, God with us. He is the light of the world. So what does that mean? When Jesus says, I am the light of the world... And whoever follows me will have the light of life in them. What does that mean? What do do the truths that God is light and that Jesus is the light of the world mean? I, I was doing some research. I just wanted to find out from a fleshly perspective, from a worldly perspective, I just wanted to find out about light. Right? Just just find out about light. And and so I thought, you know what, there are a lot of people that make a lot of money off light.
Is that better? Oh, you got see you got to turn him down. Or, yeah, because I'm I'm loud. All right, so so I was researching, right? I just wanted to find out about people who made money. I thought about Entergy and uh, even Brother Jeremy this week. He was he was helping building grounds, and he went over to this place called Irby's, and he bought some lights. And my goodness, do you know how much lights cost? Like especially ones that you put in those big things outside to light up a parking lot. They're more than that little bulb you screw into your lamp at the house, right? People make a lot of money off light. Light's pretty important, don't you think? In our world today, we like light. So I went to this article from MK Lighting. Now, you may not have ever heard of them. Maybe if you're a contractor, you have. MK Lighting is a global lighting company, right? Like they send products all over the world. And not too long ago, they wrote an article about why we need light. That was the article, why we need light. And so here's what the article said. We have evolved to need light. Now, don't let that word evolve scare you, okay? Because I'm going to explain that word in just a minute. It may not be the way they mean it, but I'm going to tell you what it means to me. So they said, we have evolved to need light. Here's what the article says. Earth is a planet on which there have always been periods of light and dark. And our circadian rhythms are largely controlled by the sun. And every, in other words, everything we do, right? Uh, it, it, it dictates, like it's dictated by the sun, the light. So we have evolved to not only need the light, but we have evolved to love light. We see best in light. And we have limited sight in darkness. Daily exposure to light keeps us healthy. And light is already used in a number of therapeutic applications. And since time began, think about that for just a minute. They may not mean it, but they just made a very important statement. Since time began, which means if there was a beginning, (laughs) it was God who started it. And do you remember what Genesis chapter 1 said? When God started, it said he spoke light, and it was good. So they may not have meant it this way, but I sure took it that way. It said, since time began, light has allowed us to live productively on the earth. It has kept the darkness away, and it has met practical needs like providing warmth. It provides a method of cooking and even a method of security And I'm not going to read the whole article, but at the end it says, yes, we have evolved to need light. Now, why did they say that? Because they're trying to sell light. (laughs) They're trying to make money off of light. So, so yeah, that's what they're doing. But I I want to go back to that word evolved. Because, you know, when we hear the word evolved, we think about evolution and we start having all kind of bad thoughts about what they teach in school, all that kind of stuff. But let let me just tell you about that word evolved. That word evolved actually has several meanings. If you look it up, you'll see that it's got quite a few definitions. It doesn't just mean to undergo a continuous change, right? That's not, that's not the only word for evolve. It also means, and this is it, it also means to emit or to give off. It means to educe or to bring out or to work out. Think about that for just a minute. Now, in that article, they may have been talking about evolution like undergoing continuous change, but I looked at it from a different definition because I was looking at it from 
John chapter 8, verse 12. I was looking at it from Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. Jesus tells us in John 8, 12 that he is the light of the world and that if we truly believe and follow him, then we will have the light of life. In other words, I don't need MLK light, right? I don't need their company to give me life because my Lord gives me life. Jesus Christ gives me life. I don't need the light that's plugged into the wall to light my way because Jesus Christ lights my way. He is the light that I need and that I love. And I'm going to tell you, it ought to be evolving, evolving in me. And I'm not talking about just a constant change, a progressive change. I'm talking about I ought to emit it. I ought to bring it out. I ought to work it out. You're going, Brother Jeff, what are you talking about? Well, let me tell you what Matthew goes on to say. You don't have to turn there, but just listen. Matthew's gospel goes on to say this in chapter 5, verse 14. Again, Jesus talking. Now, in John chapter 8, verse 12, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Isn't that what he said? And then he said, if you follow me, you will have what? The light of life in you. Now watch what he says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 14. You are the light of the world. What? What what did Jesus say? He said, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. He goes on to say in Matthew chapter 5, verse 16, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Now let's put this all together. Let's put this all together. Who is Jesus Christ? He is the Son of God. He is Emmanuel, God with us. He is God in flesh. He is also the light of the world. He is the marvelous light of God given to us. Why? So that he might come and do what only he can do, and that is save us from our sin. Rescue us when no one else and nothing else could. Why? So that we might have the light of life in us and that it may evolve from us. And again, that word evolve, it means to emit. It means to bring out. It means to work out. That's what Jesus says. I love Dr. David Jeremiah and his commentary. He says this, Jesus Christ confers upon his followers to be the light of the world, reflecting his light into the world's darkness. His followers are to let their lights shine so that others will see the reality of Jesus Christ in them and glorify God. Isn't that incredible? You want me to tell you what's most important at Christmas? It's not what gift you buy for your mom or your dad or your children. It's not how many homeless people you feed. It's not how many coats you put into the collection bin for people who are cold during the winter. Let me tell you what the most important thing you can do at Christmas is. It is shine the light of Jesus into the lives of others. Now, how can you do that? You can give. You can serve. You can love. Love everyone. Love people where they're at. Not where you want them to be, but where they're at. That's what Jesus Christ did. 
So I want to ask you two questions as we close. Just two questions. Number one, do you possess the light of the world in your heart? Do you possess the light of the world in your heart? Yesterday evening, afternoon, evening, it was starting to get dark. I was, uh, I was out behind my house, and I was, I was putting up a new deer stand. I'll tell you what I was doing, because I hope I can do a little hunting. I was putting up a deer stand, and I, I was putting it together, and I had to put some screws in, and it started getting dark. And guess what I did not have with me? A flashlight. You're going, but Brother Jeff, your cell phone. Guess what I didn't have with me? My cell phone. I dropped two of the bolts <laughs> in the grass, and I'm talking about I'm, I wasn't in just like grass. I was like in bushes and weeds, and I could not see them. Couldn't find them. I was so mad because Katie and Jonah were getting ready to go to the youth Christmas party, and I was, I was just like, so I, I ran up there, and I said, are y'all fixing to go? And they said, yeah, and they pulled off, and they forgot something that Mama made, and they had to come back. And, and anyway, my, my train of thought just went blank, and I thought, oh, I better go out there and finish my deer stand. Well, I went back out there to finish my deer stand, and guess what I forgot? The flashlight, Chris. Well, what good is that going to do me? Because now I can't find the bolts that I dropped, and they're the only ones I bought. I didn't have extras. So I walked all the way back up to the house. I got my flashlight, and here's the thing about those bolts, right? Those bolts were new. So guess what those bolts did when I put that light on them? Oh, they stuck out like a sore thumb. They stuck out. They shined. I had no problem finding those bolts in the grass. Deep, thick, nasty grass in the darkness. You want to know why? Because they had the light. And they were reflectors of the light, which made me smile because I wasn't going to have to go to the store and buy two more. I was able to pick those babies up, plug those things right in, and my dear Stan is standing today, I think. I didn't climb in it last night to test it because it was dark and nobody was there. And I was like, well, I better wait till somebody's at the house. They can hear a loud racket when it falls, if it falls. But, but just think about that for a minute, right? How important is light in your life? Do you possess it? Because here's the thing. If you possess the light that is life, you ought to be, what? Shining that light. So not only do you possess the light of the world in your heart, but are you shining, right? Are you shining the light of the world for others? How are they going to know Jesus if you don't tell them? If you don't show them? How are they going to know? How are they going to hear? I think Paul preaches that message, doesn't he, in Romans? We, we got to go. We got to go into the world and we got to do what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5. We got to let that light shine. A city on a hill can't be hidden. When we shine the light of Jesus, who is the light of the world, who is the light of life. And when we do that, others will see it. And what does it promise? It says they will what? Glorify God. You want to glorify God? Shine the light of Jesus in your home, in your workplace, in your school. Yes, in your church, but in your community. That's why I love these community events. More opportunities just to love people where they are. Just to love them. Just to fellowship with them. Just to say, hey, how are you doing? 
How can I help? That's who you are. That's whose you are. That's why you are. You are God's special possession. You are God's royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. Why? So that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of what? Darkness and into his what? Marvelous light. His wonderful light. First Peter chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. Do you possess the light in your heart? Are you shining the light for others to see?